let's descend the podcast into a bit of chaos. More chaos. More chaos. That electric moment when a ball hits the back of the net. Unbelievable game. Two great teams going at it. Compared to the other three beside him, he just looks like the new cafe or something. We are making a documentary about how shit our club is. <laughs> VR is bullshit. Who is the biggest cheater in football tonight? Harry Kane, without a fucking doubt. Without a fucking doubt. Hello, Brent here, coming to you from an undisclosed location. Um, Well-deserved week off this week, not sure what sort of chaos is going to be happening um, or what part of the pod this will be entered into, but um, I apologise for everything Johnny has said. I'll just kind of get that out of the way because I know there's probably something that I'll need to do that for. Um one place to start really this week obviously the return of the king two goals back at the place where he belongs um could only be talking about Lukaku obviously um nobody else that really applies to um what a man um exactly what Chelsea have been missing um it's a fixture really that um they possibly could have could have struggled to get a point even out of last season, um, but I mean he didn't do a whole pile else apart from score two goals. But I mean that's that's why Chelsea spent the money on him. That's that's the missing part, um, and you know I'm, I'm sure Tuchel is very happy with that. Um, uh, there was uh, also a few few negatives. Um, didn't think Chelsea played particularly well especially in the first half in general um myself and phil watched it and i mean kind of from the word go you could tell that saul wasn't really up to the task he, he obviously um wasn't up with the intensity of the, of the league um he definitely struggled you know baston villa probably should have scored apart from some excellent defending particularly by Thiago Silva and Mendy with, with a couple of unbelievable saves again I think he's he's maybe taking it up on another level Mendy um, into that higher echelon of goalkeepers um, so you know Tuchel was right to, to hook Saul at half time um, you know I think he'll maybe ease him in a wee bit um, with maybe a, you know one of the easier Champions League games or um, maybe the the Villa fixture in the Carabao Cup, something like that. Um, I think he just needs some time to settle in. I don't think he'll, I don't think he's he's overly worried about Saul. Um, but you know his his partner in midfield, Kovacic, was was the man of the match for me. Even though Lukaku got two, um, Kovacic was was all over the place. He was putting in tackles. He was uh, making runs out of midfield. He obviously played that beautiful ball to Lukaku for the first goal he, he got a goal himself just by pure hassling um, Tyrone Mings um, but a word on Villa too I, I think um, they'll they'll have nothing to worry about this season I think um, John McGinn was was class um, Ings had a, a quiet game not really like him but 
Watkins had a couple of chances on another day. You know, he could have got two or three probably, um, but for Mandy and and some of the defending. So, um, I think that two up front for them will probably, um, will probably be what they'll do going forward. Um, I, I'm move on to um a couple of the other results just just to get a word in on them. Um, nice to see Spurs beat obviously. Um. I think that result has been coming for Palace, um, and you know it looks like they now might have a a goal scorer up front, um, who will probably replace Bentaki and and Hudson Edward. Um, looked really impressive when he came off the bench. Obviously got two goals. Um, uh, who else? Arsenal obviously in the in the relegation six pointer. That'll be a, a big three points for them uh, come the end of the season. You know maybe just scrape scrape back into the league so um really important to to get those points on the board um sure you know johnny be delighted um that Aubameyang scored um in all seriousness though i think it, it could um it could set them up for for a run of results yeah they've obviously got some some big players back um it's probably the first time that he's um fielded a, a team close to what he wants to field uh, with ben white back in gabriel um Odegaard and and Aubameyang, especially up the top there, um, he has some some choices now, um, and then yeah, um, Old Trafford, um, off the pitch, obviously there there was there was some protests etc. about Ronaldo, um, I think we're probably gonna gonna get that more and more. There's a few articles being released now, but um, I'm not gonna speak about that. Obviously, don't know enough about it, um, and. Don't want um, don't want uh, Phil to get in trouble uh, as the uh, sole uh, owner and and distributor of the battle. Um, no, but on the pitch, obviously Ronaldo made an instant impact. Um, that's what he does. He's gonna get you goals. I think we all said that when they signed him. That's what United signed him for. Um, and you know the the reaction at Old Trafford, obviously was you know like the the return of, of possibly the best player they've ever had and and it worked out like that um I, I thought fernandez was was very good too um maybe even better uh and even lingard got a goal but i think they've been speaking to a few united fans and you know they will want ronaldo to do that in bigger games you know Yes, you know, really good start. What a second debut, and and they got the three points. But um, it was Newcastle, and you know they'll want. You know, I don't think the results against the big six have been particularly good under Ole's um, stewardship, um, and obviously the bigger sort of you're you're talking about semi-finals, finals. Um, we've seen you know countless times how Ronaldo has stepped up in those and performed and the question is now can he you know still do that at his age but i have gone on long enough um and i better go so enjoy the rest of the show um and i'll chat to you next week good luck thanks for that brendan your two hour long monologue via whatsapp that i had to edit before tonight's show for a play to you uh, yeah that was it brenton our folks brenton brought us into the show tonight as he's on his holidays and this is just the rest of us. It's me, Phil, Steve, Paddy, and Johnny. Hello, man. Good evening. 
Good evening. Did you notice as well uh, that he said a well-earned break? As if like he does all the heavy lifting in this podcast. And then he also throws me under the bus as well by saying if anything happens, I he, um, it's all on my head. Don't think I didn't notice those little digs, Brenton uh, Hagen. You'll be got some. So tonight's going to be a full hour of slagging Chelsea, this comeback. No, it's, um, we're going to get into a few things tonight. Obviously, Brenton covered a lot of topics in his little speech beforehand, which was class. But we're all going to get into, look at um, the game yesterday between Liverpool and Leeds. And talk about Leeds and Bielsa. Uh, the two-year World Cup, absolute nonsense that uh, Big Wenger and his mates are trying to come up with. Um, the rest of the top four and how they all won games and how the top four are looking very impressive. Everyone will hopefully try to keep ta- uh, coach- tabs on the coattails of the sentence uh, tonight. And then anything else you want to get into tonight as well on the podcast. So it is it is a full house because obviously Brenton did his bit beforehand. So nice to have everyone back on board. Um, we'll start off with with yesterday uh, uh, and get the Liverpool sort of Leeds game and, uh, and the tackle and, and Harvey Elliott out of the way first. Um, just to do a consensus around the room, not that this means anything, and this isn't the most important thing. The most important thing is that Harvey Elliott is okay, eventually and comes back to football, but would you all, and Steve, you can come in first, would you all have given a red card? Is there an argument there? It's not a red card, or what? what's your opinions? Oh, it's 100% a red card. And it's not even because of the, the result, which is horrific. The tackle itself. I mean, we have had 20 years of being told that you can't tackle someone like that from behind, regardless of whether you win the ball or not, or regardless of whether you catch them with your front leg or your trailing leg. We have been told that that is not how you play football. So players don't even brace their body for that kind of contact. So, of course, these injuries are going to happen if you let players make that that tackles. And the only way you can stop it is by instant red card every time. And what I find disgusting about the whole thing is that the referee didn't even think it was a foul to begin with. <laughs> he went play on. And it was only when Harvey Elliott's ankle was hanging off that he actually stopped play or whatever and then deemed it a red card. But there was a similar tackle on Mane a few minutes later. And again, why wasn't that yeah, a red Cooper. card? Yeah, like, why wasn't that a red card, you know? Um, so I think, I don't necessarily blame the referee here. I think this has been the Premier League's approach this season to, what is it, let the game flow or whatever the the, the, the stupid nonsense they've been going on about. And this is the result. This is the crushingly inevitable result that somebody was going to suffer a serious injury. And, like, Harvey Elliott, like, that, like, ankle dislocation, like I've seen it before in other sports, it's a tough injury to come back from. It really is to get like a to get the strength back in your leg, but b to have the the mental capacity to come back to trust yourself as well. So I think all in all, it was a nailed on red card, and I cannot see how anyone can be disputing it. What about you, Johnny? Uh, as a a football fan who's seen that sort of tackle in my own club, you know, Diaby, Eduardo. Um, I watched it back a few times, to be honest, um, and I've seen an angle of it today. And uh, there's there's a lot of argument about it, about whether it was a red or not, but I'm pretty convinced that it is a red. Um, it's just because he's he's in the air as well. Like, you know, both feet leave the ground. He, he wins the ball, I guess, but it's his trailing leg that does the damage. And... I mean, it's not nice. Like, 
for, like when I mentioned Abu Dhabi there, like he could have gone on and been one of the best, and that injury just wrecked him, and he never was the same again. And I kind of fear that for Harvey Elliott. Um, it, it's just it's not nice to see. Um, it, it's one of those tackles, I suppose. You know, if that was Granit Xhaka, he'd be banned for the rest of the season. Um, yeah. It's it's not nice. That's really all I have to say about it. It's just it's not nice to see, um, especially from a young lad who's played really well this season for Liverpool and could have been the answer for them for a number of years. You know, it's 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 awful. Like, and I don't know if you even found out Phil if that actually was the Big Show's shirt or if Harvey Elliott actually was lying next to that weekend. I think I think there's enough things going around that it, that it possibly actually is uh, a shirt of his shirt. There's there's been loads of credible people. Sharing it, so I don't know whether that boy is like a like a what do you call it a borrower, or I don't know what the crack is. Um, because <laughs> Harvey Elliott's not my unless he just wears a really baggy shirt, and that's what it is. But it, it kind of not that we know of him too much, but I know Paddy obviously he plays for our club, we'd watch a bit. He, he does strike you as the kind of kid that would do something like that. There seems a real kind heartedness to Harvey Elliott. I think all the Blackburn fans still love him. I know he scored last year for Blackburn on the anniversary of Hillsborough, and he held up. Uh, he took off his top and he held up a t-shirt or something that's something on, underneath I think even on his t-shirt to say you know in memory of the, well, 96 obviously it is now the 97 so you know there is that that, that wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case but um yeah I agree, I agree with both of you so far and I think I know what Paddy's going to say anyway but Paddy your thoughts on just to get the sending off out of the way first because I wanted to address it first and I'll let you speak now Paddy because it seems to be the only thing people are talking about <laughs> Uh, rather on the first thing and then making it the most important thing rather than talking about actually there's a young there's a boy here who's been seriously injured yeah I suppose, I suppose it has overshadowed the their performance but uh yeah like it was it was an irresponsible tackle i don't think he meant anything bad by it but it, it was dangerous and out of control and I, I i get it was his trailing leg but you still can't sort of rake in from behind like that and as steve was saying there were a few hefty enough challenges going in like even philly and you and I and my brothers watched the game together, like, they were really fucking going for it, and, you know, Klopp had made the comment earlier in the season about about Burnley basically being a wrestling side, and um, that someone might come to harm, and if this is a new initiative to, to speed things up in the game, to be honest, I'm for, I'm for it in general, but, you know, you, you, can't, you can't let people get away with too much as well, so it's a bit of a balance to strike, so I, I do think it was a red card, I do think if Elliot hadn't gone down with a broken leg. I don't think he would have been sent off. I think the 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 outcome decided the fate the same same way Andre Gomez and Son had a similar thing uh, in the past. But yeah, it was uh, it's a shame for Elliot because it it started the first four games unexpectedly really from Liverpool fans. I didn't really expect him to be starting games. I was expecting him to get a lot of League Cup time, substitute appearances, maybe the odd game in Europe. But for him to be trusted and picked over the likes of. Uh, you know, Thiago, Kaida, Oxlade, Chamberlain, really established, you know, experienced internationals and shows the high regard he's held in. And, you know, anyone who's seen even half an hour of him playing football can tell how silky he is. Like, he has something a wee bit special about him. So he'll be a big miss over the next six to nine months or whatever it is that he's out. Um, it might even be a miracle if we see him again this season. But hopefully he'll be back back stronger and, and ready to, to take up position in that midfield three again. Just on that point, Paddy made there, right? Like the reason they've brought this in is to speed up the game. It's to you know to to keep things entertaining. But yeah. the fact is, like 
football is entertaining and football is fast flowing because these type of tackles were banned so that skillful players were allowed to flourish. How many players like Harvey Elliott 20 years ago wouldn't have even had a chance to play football because older guys would have absolutely plowed through the back of them and that was it. Their career might never got going, get going. Yeah. The best player I ever saw play football was Marco Van Basten. He had to retire. I was going to mention him to you, good man. Yeah, he had to yeah. retire at 28 because lads kept going through the back of him. Like, we can't. Yeah. We cannot let that tackle get back into the game, like because, as uh, as I said earlier on, like y- your your condition, like any kid born from two thousand on, has never played football where someone can come from behind, so they don't even think about what that tackle might be because it's just been out of the game. And then, like with, with the very rare exception, but we can almost list every time it's happened against our club, you know, because it's that rare that like it does mm-hmm. happen, and it's always, almost always a red card. So, like, I would hate to see, you know, a game where players with the skills of like someone like Vinnie Jones are rewarded when players like Harvey Elliott and ones in hospital, you know, on massive amounts of painkillers because he never even saw that tackle coming. Because why would he? He's never had to face a tackle like that before in his career. And this is all on the Premier League. Like, this is what they wanted. And Jurgen Klopp and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer tried to warn him three weeks ago that something like this was going to happen. And they they didn't listen. In fact, they punished. Like, if you saw the refereeing performance um, that Solskjaer and United faced their, the game following, I'm trying to remember who it was they were playing. Um, yeah, the Wolves game. Like, I have never seen such a performance from a referee where he was determined not to give anything to United, and even when it was a clear foul, and then was giving fouls to Wolves for the exact same fouls that he was waving away for United. And like that I've was got a, every week. Well, Honestly. no, but like it's it's the kind of thing that will get a player injured because if Wolves, like Wolves, obviously Wolves, the Wolves players didn't do it, but like you can see why if you think all right, he's going to let me away with a lot here. So I'm going to go in a little bit harder the next time or whatever. Um, so I just think they've, they've just been asking for trouble for this. And and this feels so inevitable. It really, really does. And it's it's a shame because there was something special about Elliot. There, there, there had to be for him to be starting ahead of some of the players who were left on the bench yesterday. Do you know what I mean? Liverpool, started ahead of all European Cup winners? Yeah. Like... Uh, and what did he have? Seven goals and eleven assists last year in the championship. Yeah. One of the toughest leagues in Europe. Like he's a really, really special kid. And will we ever see his full potential? We don't know. And that's a shame. And considering yeah. he's still so young. It uh, uh, one of the arguments as well. Uh, a friend of mine we had him work today, and he it wasn't really an argument. He was just saying this is why I would maybe say it wasn't a red card. It was because he was going to hook the ball. Which is fair enough. We've seen defenders do that last ditch where they slide in and hook the ball. But there's an element of them sliding in. If you watch it back, Stuart is actually off the ground. You have no control then. And I know it isn't his tackling leg, so to speak, that catches Harvey Elliott and does the damage. It's his trailing one. But he, he has lunged into the back of Harvey Elliott, which people are sort of saying, ah, oh, it was... You know, it, oh, it was just an accident. He didn't mean it. That's fair enough. He didn't mean it. But he lunged into the back of a player. You can't do that at all. Like you said at Van Basten, Maradon had his legs, his ankles snapped in half because somebody decided to lunge into him um, in, in the 80s and when he's playing for Barcelona against Bilbao. There's been some harsh. And it, it was just, when it happens to your own, one of your own players and your own team, 
like Johnny knows as well and Steve too. It it it's horrible like and you feel you feel for it, especially when it's a kid, when it's it's the young, bright light of of your football club. And you can see how annoyed Jurgen Klopp was last night talking about absolute lemonhead Jeff Shrees, but how annoyed he was having asked those questions. He didn't want to talk about the match and afterwards the Liverpool players there was a real sort of damp mood in the in dressing room afterwards when they'd had a super performance at times against Leeds. We touched on it, the midfield Harvey Elliott was part of. Thiago and Fabinho were excellent yesterday. Um, Thiago's come under, rightly so sometimes, a lot of criticism because what's he going to do to this Liverpool team? Is he just a, a luxury player? And then he, he puts that performance in alongside Fabinho yesterday. And you're thinking, okay, right, okay. This is what you want to get from it. So there were some great points from Liverpool, but instead of a lot of people have looked at Liverpool already in their podcasts or their other articles this week, what do you make of this Leeds and this BI? It's a thing now, lads, because he, he's had, he, he obviously did brilliant, got them back up um, in, in the Premier League where people think they belong. I hope they're relegated, but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, he, they play a fantastic football at times. They go forward. Ellen Road is pumping. Um, and they're in their second, obviously, season now where they're going to have crowds and everything. But they seem to come up against, say, the top six or whatever. And the the, the 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 better side, so to speak, just seem to really enjoy playing against them. And I don't I don't, I don't know what what do you what do you, what do you make on it, Paddy? Do you think do you think Bielsa has a bit of a blind spot there? Yeah, I thought I thought Leeds were were absolute shit yesterday. Like they were so easy to play against, and, and that's something that's often thrown at them. You know, you were kind of alluding to when they're playing some of the big clubs because. Bielsa is very wedded to the way they play, to their approach, and that's why results happen to them. Like, you know, United absolutely hosed them at the start of the season as well. And yeah, those things are inevitable when you just go gung ho all the time. It's just, it's just crying out for, for maybe a more pragmatic approach. And uh, like, you, you can see how they're gonna go and beat teams this season. They will go and beat some of the lesser lights in the league, and they'll beat them comfortably. But if they go into a game. Playing that way against any of the top six, they're they're going to get absolutely hosed. Um, which I think is going to is I don't think they'll finish higher than they did last season. Put it that way, I'd be surprised if they finished in the top half. Uh, I think they haven't. You know, I know they signed a lot of players for their first season back in the Premier League, um, but you know they didn't really add very much in the summer. And I just think they might they might find this season a bit a bit more difficult. What about you, Johnny? What do you make of the Bielsa and Leeds? with the minute against this so-called better side because I actually think they might come unstuck against a lot more size than they did last year um, to be quite honest I don't like them or hate them I really don't give a fuck about Leeds to be quite honest like I really have no opinion on them uh, I don't really watch them Honestly, like Burger King yeah like you're always going to go for a double cheese at a McDonald's aren't you like you know <laughs> yes you are I, I, I don't I don't I honestly don't watch them I've barely watched them apart maybe the time they've played Arsenal or you know maybe they all tend to play Man United it's just I like I, I know a lot of people talk about them and play a nice football and I'll be honest like I never even heard of Bielsa until he came to Leeds that's just just me I, I know lots of people know of him and stuff like but I just had no interest in him or whatever like I know you said he had a great Bilbao team but great you know I don't give a fuck about Bielsa, to be quite honest. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we, the, I teed Steve up here and left him the last. Paddy came in and called him shit. 
Um, I want them relegated. Johnny doesn't watch them, but I know Steve. I've teed you up here, Steve. I know you want to get into this and what is wrong with this Belsa project at Leeds. He hasn't well, yet a fan. Like, let's let's be honest. He is going to rip them again. First of all, <laughs> I I would love if Manchester United got to play teams that played like uh, Belsa and Leeds every week because I think they'd win the league with a record point haul. Um, and gold haul. And gold haul. Yeah. Uh, I think what it is, is he has decided that he has a set style of play and he, it it's very attacking. We know that. And the, the attitude is we're going to outscore everyone we play against. And we don't need, we don't mind leaving space at the back because we think our goalkeepers and our, our, our two defenders we might play will, uh, will, will keep, will keep us safe and we can attack with numbers. Um, but the problem is, it's like the it's like version one point zero of of this kind of attacking style of play, and other managers have have perfected it uh, to a certain extent, and I think no more so than Jurgen Klopp with, with with Liverpool because it's this idea of yeah, pressing is great and playing with tempo is great, but you do it in fits and bursts. You don't try and do it for ninety minutes, which is what Leeds try to do. Um, so for me, he's like one of those innovative coaches in the sense that he he has come up with like a new style of play a different way of playing football but he's by far he he definitely hasn't perfected it and i think other coaches have come along and, and done a better job since but like you can see how a runner results could go against them very very quickly and all of a sudden a team that were didn't have a great finish last year but still did okay could be relegation trouble. I honestly think that because you just like you don't have to have players of the quality of Liverpool and Manchester United to explode expose leads. That's the issue. Like even Mane got a goal yesterday. I mean, for God's sake, that's how easy it is to score against Leeds. So oh, all right. Um so but look, am I wrong? I mean, it's not like he's lighting I mean, up in front of the goal, but <laughs> like so I think I think they're they're a team that are like I would. I'm. I've lost a lot of my hair already, but I would lose even more of it watching Leeds as a Leeds fan. I think because can you? They never ever, ever think about putting an extra man back. You know, playing an extra holding midfielder, just doing anything different to shore up the shop. It's all. This is our philosophy, and we're going to stick to it. And like, live by the sword and die by the sword. Fair enough, but. I think it was Paddy maybe mentioned it. You have to be pragmatic sometimes. And if you're going, you're they are going to get hockey by every single team in the top eight, maybe. Like I, I really think they will be. And there's that that's hard to come by, you know, other results then outside of that. It really is. Like, and it's just so naive for a manager with so much experience and who is so respected. You talk to coaches throughout football and they all like worship at Bielsa's feet. But they, they're all blind to the weaknesses of it as well. Like. <laughs> I think you, you make a good point there that, that he is worshipped. Like, um, but managers he's a come along with... Do you ever hear comedians talk about, oh, that guy's really funny and you watch him and he's not funny? It's like, it, like he, he, and then they say, oh, well, he's a comedian's comedian. You have to know to, to understand the genius. Yeah. There's a bit of that about Bielsa as well. And it's like, I'm fucking looking at United scoring five goals on them. And, and you know, <laughs> Liverpool could have scored any number they wanted yesterday. They said something like 31 chances or something stupid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why um, do you hate them, Phil? I know why, I know why Steve hates them. It's quite obvious why he doesn't like them. Why do I hate Leeds? Why do you hate them? 
Um, you, you have a bit of explaining to do tonight about why you hate certain teams. So, oh yeah, so, so we'll there's, three teams, uh, there's three teams, and uh, I wanted actually Steve to uh, admit he was wrong on Thiago, but we'll have to move on. Um, there, there, there's three teams I I, I just hate in, in English tier. Um, just, just, I mean, like uh, obviously naturally Manchester United, but that's different. Um, there's three teams that I literally just hate hate looking at them on the fixture list. Uh, Leicester, um, Bournemouth, and and Leeds. So obviously Leeds, I just, I, I just, I cannot stand Leeds. Leeds fan, apart from one, he's a lovely fella and an unbelievable football coach. He's uh, Paddy Byrne. I'm not sure if he's listening or not. I love Paddy Byrne and his dad. But uh, the rest of the Leeds fan base, I, not that I hate them personally, I just can't stand that fan base. At the time. And 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 uh, we saw some some of that come out yesterday. Now. F- f- uh, football clubs have decade fans, but just singing always the victim at Harvey Elliott wasn't it wasn't obviously the whole of Ellen Road. There was a minority, but I mean I, that there just another highlighted point. I touched on it on on the first show when the season started. They signed Munich chance at United, and then for the first time in my life, I wanted to see United slap someone, and they did. Uh, so I just can't I can't stand it. They have a real. They have this thing about them leads too. They're great. Like Ellen Road sounds amazing when it's when it's rocking, and when when that Leeds team at the at the minute is on form and they're at you, it's good to watch. It is great to watch. And previous Leeds teams give us some nights in Champions League, which were great to watch if you're a neutral. Um, but th- there's a thing about them where they just believe, you know, this is where they belong. This is us. This is where we should be. This is where you belong. And that's that's. That's not a given right to anyone. Like no club should be getting on like that. So there's just a real thing there. I just no. Leicester won the won the Premier League uh the year after Liverpool obviously had that uh fallout uh, and chucked it away. And then I just was like, nah, nah, I'm not I'm not having this. I'm I'm not having, not having Leicester win this. And then I just hate Jamie Vardy's face and, and he reminds me of Leicester. So just I cannot I just literally Cannot stand Leicester, and I, I can't shake it. I and remember Bourne, like, you took a really yeah. irrational loathing of uh, Craig Shakespeare. That you had a real thing against that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what it was, but you couldn't stand. What a fucking wee spud. And then um, Bournemouth. So I don't know if I hate them as much anymore because Eddie Howe's not there, and I didn't hate Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe was grand, but he had this assistant coach, and I would. Fucking, and my language is Trojan, I don't care. Punch his face into oblivion. I couldn't stand the sight of him because I'd been on coaching courses um, and done coaching badges, and he just reminded me of the typical wanky coach you get on them who spends all his days uh, drawing shitty stuff up on whiteboards to coach under fours. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and irons his socks. He just looked like the type of wanker that irons his white sports socks. Uh, and as we we tracked it constantly, and I was just like, he's a dickhead. And then he went at Jurgen Klopp one. I think they beat us when that day Aki scored. Um, and he started giving it the big one to Jurgen Klopp. And I was like, Jurgen, please just headbutt him. Just just headbutt him, Jurgen, please. Uh, and ever since then, and that game, I just cannot stand them. I actually was delighted when they got relegated. Apologies, Bournemouth fans. Delighted when they got relegated. Again, apologies. Um, so much. And I, and I hope I hope to someday see Leicester and Leeds. Fall the same way soon, but I think Leicester have got themselves uh, sorted. Their owners uh, seem amazing, and they got themselves sorted, and they're probably going to be around for a while. Because judging by their new academy, they pump a lot of money into it, and it looks like they're here for the long haul, which is which is fair enough. 
But they're, they're the three teams that, maybe you can touch on yours, Johnny, on Thursday night, but they're the three teams that I cannot stand. Cannot stand the sight of in English football here. Sarah's going to batter the head out of you there. You are in Where's that? All that swearing. All that swearing. She doesn't listen you... to the podcast. She's not a supportive wife. Um, so <laughs> Hang on. Instagram are here. Um, <laughs> we've done, we've touched on a bit in Liverpool. Stephen, just before we do move on, Thiago yesterday, he was interesting. I still think it's too soon uh, to move on from flop status for him. Um, he's got a chance to shine now that an 18-year-old won't be in the team anymore, so he doesn't have to be So, yeah, he has... He I think has you're forgetting how good Thiago was at Old Trafford last year, sir. He's played... I can count on, like, one hand the number of good games he's played for Liverpool. I wouldn't get overexcited just yet. But you're from <laughs> Kildare and have 15 fingers. Um, yesterday, and, yeah, but Steve mentioned as well about Mane. We, Mane was absolutely terrible yesterday, wasn't he? Yeah, and he was like, Did he hit him the way he hit Salah? No, oh, Paddy or me? Paddy. No, oh, Paddy loves him. So, here's an interesting one as well. That's, uh, and, and he's gonna jump in here next. Mane was poor, right? He had, I think he had 10 chances, Leeds had nine, or he had 12 and Leeds had 11 or something. He was really poor, and then a certain. <laughs> And I'm not going to name him, it's not fair. A certain yeah. journalist in The Athletic did a piece on how he was wonderful and was the new Firmino. Hi. A certain statist- statistical journalist, I don't think Steve's a fan. Um, oh, who, that gobshite. Yeah. Like, like me and Paddy obviously can't be biased, so we know Mane is on a bit of a funk. But, like, Johnny, what, what do you make of that Mane performance and Mane's form currently before we move on from Liverpool and talk about the other clubs in the league? He certainly hasn't been hitting the heights that he has been in the past, Liverpool. But, I mean, he's still scoring goals. Yeah. I mean, you, can, you can go through a bit of a blip, yes. Um, I think I it's mean, over a year, though, now. But, he, but he's, he's a trier, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, but he's, cost, oh, he's costing Liverpool more goals than he's con- contributing. Like, he really is. Like, he scored... There was a, there was a day, I, again, I, was it... I can't remember the game, but like I text the group and I said Manny has been utter dog shit and he scored like 20 seconds later. So you're welcome yes. for that. Like and it felt a bit like that yesterday as well. It felt like he was costing them more goals than he was. And like, of course, Michael Cox thinks he's brilliant because Michael Cox hasn't got a fucking clue about football. Like it's not played on a whiteboard. Like it's not played on a whiteboard. The man just sucks all the joy out of football. It's all and in the Sardinian, Steve. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, you've got me annoyed now thinking about my <laughs> Surely you're going to manage figures. So 2018, 2019, 22 league goals. 1920, you got 18 league goals. Last season, you got 11. So he, he's just tailing off and off and off. So, yeah. Who's worse, him or Salah? Salah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Two and four from Manny so far. If if he finishes off the season that rate, he'll have a decent season. But it's, it's it is just he looks like um, he's just in a, a bit of a funk now. And and hopefully maybe last night's goal at the end might spark him into something when they play AC Milan on Wednesday night. Stephen, uh, and then we're going to finish on club scene with you, Johnny. Don't worry, the best is coming at last. Don't you worry. Oh, yeah. Manchester United again winning, scoring a lot of goals again at home. David De Gea looking like Tom Brady as a quarterback with his kickouts are out of his hand. One of the passes was absolutely unbelievable in the Sancho. I think it was Sancho's feet. Uh, obviously, it was the return of your man, 
what did you make of Saturday? What do you make of the shape and the balance of this new look Manchester United now that uh, the third best player maybe of all time has, re- has returned? Um, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. Um, ignoring your man for a second, and we'll come back. We'll come back to him for a second. Uh, in a second. But I thought that the shape of the team, um, with this new arrival, has dramatically altered. Um, I thought I saw a report today that Paul Pogba is now more likely to stay, having seen the performance on on Saturday, than he was before, because he thinks United are moving in the right direction and. Which is funny because he must have spent the entire game thinking about that as Newcastle players raced by him um, <laughs> on se- on several occasions. Uh, he is definitely not a holding midfielder. <laughs> I can tell you. I can tell you that. Though I do think there's probably something in McTominay and Pogba in the centre midfield rather than you know 56 year old uh, Nemanja Matic. Um, but I thought. I thought. I actually thought it took Greenwood out of position. I thought it took Fernandez out of position. And yet they made it work because there's there is just so much quality there now, right? And it's not even the attack attacking wise, I thought they were fine last year, but they've gone up another level again this year. And I think Varane at the back, you know, it it I know I said at the start of the season I'd rather have them, I would have preferred another to have that third kind of choice centre half as well. But if if Maguire and Varane uh, can can stay fit and healthy, and De Gea seems to be definitely back into finding form again, and I think that's that's really positive. Like if you look at the United team, the they've they've won weak spot, and that's one Bissaka right back, and like that's not a bad position to be in for a squad that was so far off the pace two seasons ago. And I know they spent like a quarter of a million or a quarter of a billion pounds to to assemble that side. But I think for United fans, it's there's a real, you know, we talked last year about hope rather than expectation. I think there's there's a belief that they can challenge for the title this year. Um as for Ronaldo, like you know, it was I'm not a fan of the signing. I think, you know, he's 36. He is a very different player than the the player United fans remember. And obviously he got two goals, but like it's really difficult to celebrate him when there's an ongoing civil trial about a rape case, you know, with Catherine Mayorga that's there. And like they're grown men wearing Ronaldo jerseys and 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 anti-glazer scarves. And like you can't have it both ways, like you can't celebrate. It's weird, isn't it? It's bizarre. It's, it's like it's a weird situation. Yeah, it's, it is. It's weird. It's weird. And I find like I, I text the group saying that was a good two one win because I find it like I just I couldn't like I said it to, I said it to to my wife like at the time like I hate the fact that Ronaldo got the first two goals because I thought the performance was really good, but I think that performance would have been almost as good even without Ronaldo. Like they, I think Cavani probably would have scored the first goal he got. And I think Greenwood probably would have scored the second goal he got if Greenwood had been playing in that position, which he might have been if Ronaldo hadn't been playing. Obviously, Fernandez got a, a worldie, but that seems to be where he... Like, I almost felt, felt like Fernandez was trying a little bit too hard to impress Ronaldo um, because he was taking on all sorts of mad shots. Like... Um, but I think, like, I think that's why Ronaldo possibly hates Jota. <laughs> Jota's, 
Ciara doesn't pass to him and doesn't yeah. just ignores him and then yeah. like you constantly see Ronaldo shouting at him. Ciara just walks on like I, whatever. <laughs> but like I, I like I as much as I don't like the person and as much as I'm not sure about the signing, like there's no doubt that they're title challengers now. I think that's I think that's a given and I didn't think he would bring that so quickly, but he has because for all Cavani did last year, there's there is an instinct about Ronaldo, and it's probably just that instinct to be the centre of attention. But he like the move he made for the first goal, right? Like he anticipated a mistake. And there's probably two other players in the United squad that would have made the move he did. And I think that's where you have to give credit for, from a purely footballing point of view. That's where you have to give him credit. Um, like I think did he touch the ball once in the United half in the whole game? Like his his heat map was something else. But like if that's what they have, and that's the way Solskjaer is going to deploy the squad, I think they'll win more games than than they'll draw. But I also think that there's going to be games where everyone is going to get really frustrated because it feels like instead of picking out the pass he should pick out, Fernandez is going to pass Ronaldo because he's his mate. Um, and I think that is the one kind of area of concern for United fans. But I'd actually be interested, like from I'm going to say a neutral point of view, it's not neutral, but what fans <laughs> of other what fans of other teams thought of the performance because it felt like there was a bit. It felt like other fans, just some of my group of mates and stuff like that, are now actually taking United more seriously, even with Solskjaer in charge, which is obviously the you know one of the biggest issues United faces. No. No, I'm I'm more concerned about who had all the brownies in the apple crumble. <laughs> oh, I think we know who did that. Uh, do do you, what what do you, what do you what do you make of it, Johnny? Then Paddy, you can go next. I think Ronaldo has the ability to pull them out of the hole. I don't think Solskjaer has the ability to be able to coach a title winning team. It's just my opinion. I I know you and a lot of United fans will not agree with me. I agree uh, with <laughs> in the minority. Um, no, I've I've talked to a lot of United fans about about Solskjaer, um, and they're all, you know, very positive about him and, and like him. And you know, I listened to to Solskjaer's press conference the other day, and he went on again about playing and winning football games the Man United way. And I am fucking sick to death of hearing that man say that. My God. That's all he has to say. Like, play the man way, play the man like fucking hell. All he came out with something new. Like, give us, give us a bit of insight into the game plan. Like you know, it's just play the fucking man way. Fantastic. He just he's a melder. Swear to God. Um, and I mean, like, let me just check. Well, fucking, you know, I tweeted about Ronaldo thirty seconds ago. It must be like the fucking hundredth million time today. <laughs> my my Twitter feed has been polluted with fucking Cristiano Ronaldo for the last two weeks. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to fucking block every word containing Ronaldo, United, anything. like It's just, it's poisonous. But yes, I agree with Steve. Man United definitely have to be considered probably title contenders just because of the, the players they have in the squad. I wouldn't necessarily say it's it's the coach um, that, w- that will get them to win the league. It'll be Ronaldo because he scores goals. He has that winning mentality and... You know, if that if that story's true, by the way, which you know Sky Sports reported on, it's it's kind of silly, I know, like, but if none of the players went near the brownies and the apple crumble today, 
because Ronaldo didn't. I mean, it's stupid. Of course, it's stupid looking at it, but it shows maybe the mentality that he's bringing to that United squad that they need to look after themselves and be in tip top shape. And it's obviously good for the likes of Mason Greenwood. You know, he's getting to see, you know, Ronaldo every day, how he prepares and trains and so on. Ignoring the other stuff that was mentioned before, because we're not going to get into that. <laughs> but listen, he's Cristiano Ronaldo, like we know what he does. He um he's I think he'll score plenty more goals this season for Man United, but yeah, I, I agree with Steve with the first goal, you know, Cavani scores that easily. Um Mason Greenwood scored a goal quite similar to his his um second goal only a few weeks ago, like against Leeds, was it? Um so yeah, you have to you have to take them seriously, I suppose, but nothing for me to worry about this year, Phil. You know, we're not in the title race unless, you know, we get a couple more wins here and we bounce back. But I was listen, they're they're top of the league. I'm sure United fans are happy. That's where they want to be, and that's where they want to finish. So we'll just see where it goes. Paddy, what do you make of? I know yesterday you're telling me you think they're title contenders. Yeah, it's it's concerning. Um, the <laughs> United feel a bit glamorous again, which I don't like. I was used to watching their fucking hackers just duffing around and and losing games they shouldn't. But it feels like it could have a, like a transformative effect moving forward for for the for a few years or longer because as as Johnny and things were saying like the younger players will feed off him and, and those younger players like the Green Greenwood I know Stephen a Rashford fan but Rashford these guys who could be around for another decade might get a lot from this little two or three year sojourn that that Ronaldo's going to have there but there's something that just feels a bit more like normal United, which is 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 galling. Like it's it's feels that glamour's back, the, the Beckham, the Scholes, the Rooney, Tevez, that kind of that kind of shit, and they feel a bit relevant again, which I hate. Um, I he he did well. Like I didn't manage to see the whole game, but I saw good chunks of it, and he just has a presence on a pitch. Like, and he took that second one unbelievably well because the pass from Shaw's a wee bit behind him, and he just dragged it through with his right and. And kept it low, and yeah, he's good. He is good, like. But I tell you what, same as Johnny. I am sick of the like five live on Saturday from twelve to kick off at three o'clock was the biggest journalistic circle jerk I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> three hours they talked about Ronaldo. I was actually disgusting. <laughs> and then you, the match actually arrives, and there's grown men holding fucking homemade cardboard signs up. It's like, buys get a life. Mm. T- tell me this. Uh, this is a question for all of you. If Man United didn't get into the Champions League this year, does Ronaldo go to United? Or does he go to City? He goes to Man City. Yeah. He's he's too much about himself. If he's not in the what he sees as the pinnacle of the sport, he wouldn't go and, and play Europa League football. Like, not Ronaldo. Because mm. I just I was interested in, in listening to his interview and stuff and he says he's home and he belongs to Manchester and all this sort of nonsense, but I mean, he didn't really say Manchester United, you know. So. He was close to joining City, I think. Yeah. Like, obviously, United came in and, and he's joined Man United uh, since then. So, well, maybe it was a case of United hadn't actually made an approach yet, and they did, and he went, no, I'll go there. But he still yeah, was. I think there's a lot of revision. There's a lot of revisionist stuff from City yeah. fans saying, "Oh, he never really wanted to join. It was just to get more money out of United." He was, he would have joined Man City because he doesn't uh, care. Yeah, like, it's not like he has an affinity with Manchester United. 
he he was only there for a few seasons. Like it's not like he was a long term player. But I think the culture thing that 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 Johnny mentioned, like it's a funny story about the brownies and the apple custard and or the apple pie and custard. Like, but you know, if Luke Shaw is not eating brownies, that's a good thing. So um, <laughs> I think even that's a, a positive so far from a but like the, the focus on him as well. I like jokes aside, like I, I and you know, all the attention was on him in the middle of the game. And side note, you can't have a second debut. You can have a debut. That is it. That is all you can have is one debut. The clue is in the fucking name, okay? So I, I heard that so many times at the weekend and it annoyed the shite out of me. But I think the focus being on him is really, really good for the younger players for obvious reasons because it takes the pressure off the likes of, of Greenwood and Rashford and and even to a certain set, extent Sancho, who he probably had his best game on Saturday, but I wouldn't say has set the world on fire yet, considering the price that was paid for him and the expectations that were there. So that's going to be one to watch. But I actually do think it helps the likes of Pogba, Pogba because we've always said that he's kind of one of those players who who excels in the limelight. And I wonder if the fact that he's now got Fernandez and Ronaldo and Greenwood kind of stealing this the, the spotlight off him, will it just push him to play that little bit harder, to try that little bit more? And I think that's what's going to be interesting. And But I, I completely agree. If United win the league this year, it will be absolutely in spite of the manager rather than because of him. Because Newcastle were there for an absolute hiding. And it was really just individual brilliance that bet them in the end. And I know the scoreline makes it look like it was a really comfortable win. But actually, Newcastle looked really, really good for a lot of stages of that game. And I would I I was surprised by how good United made them look at, at times. So I think that's where, you know, on one hand, you've got all these brilliant players, individually brilliant players, but they're not well coached. And can you win a league that way? I'd argue it's always better to have a, a, an average group of players and a great coach. But this might be the exception to prove the rule. There's that old mad saying too that I know we get it in American football, but defense wins your titles. And the last two leagues, uh, like the player of the year or the standout player has come from center half, and because they've had a great season and they've maybe fixed the defense or done really well in defense. So my Liverpool and then Man City. Um, so you obviously United have got uh, Varane and, and Maguire together, but. There, maybe their issue with defending is that that number six role that they don't have, and, and as you said, they were wide open at times. Um, I think there'll be a lot of fun this year, Manchester United, uh, going forward, and then I, I don't think they'll be as solid at the back as they would have hoped to be. So certainly in, in the bigger games, they could it could be could be really entertaining. But I'll take one. Like Pat, just before uh, you go on, like Paddy mentioned yeah. it, like there's been a decade of absolute dross. So I will, uh, take, I will take yeah, fun. Yeah. I will take four three. So you've been Mourinho'd. Yeah, been yeah, Mourinho'd. exactly. Yeah. So this anything is better than that. Like anything. Yeah, yeah. The one thing I I, I will say on it um, is that I I was just disappointed that uh, a lot of media outlets and I don't know if they can or not. Like, but didn't even mention the civil case. Uh, whereas, like today, 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 the second captains did their 
football show and they did touch on it and they've done a lot of good stuff on it like and, and that's why in my opinion apart from us obviously they're the best po- best podcast going but they did mention it and did touch on it and uh, like I, I listened to Five Live all weekend and maybe I'm wrong and, and obviously um, yeah, if I am I apologise but I never I didn't hear much mention of the plane flying over mm. by Level Up uh, uh, the women's organisation for um, uh, obviously uh, yeah, go ahead, sorry. What did it say? I actually haven't seen the plane. I heard there was one, but I don't know what it said. Uh, it said, I want to get it right here. Hang on. It, it, it said, it, it, it's something about, it wasn't, was I believe her, Steve? Or it was, yeah. um, hang on, I want to get it right. Yeah, it was, um, I believe Catherine Mayorga. Yeah. Right. See, yeah. I don't, I don't know enough about that situation to comment on it. So that's why I won't. Because I haven't read about I, it enough. I don't know yeah. enough about it. And I feel like it's it, wrong to kind of say something about it when you don't know. I, th- I think it, I don't think oh, you have to give an opinion, but you can state that it's a fact. It's a fact that there is a civil case ongoing. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a civil case now. That civil case might th- th- turn out in in Ronaldo's in Ronaldo's favor or or whatever. Like um, yeah. But but you have to address it. You know, yeah. and it's not a case of. Not every Manchester United fan is going to occur, and, and whether you think that's right or wrong, that's just a fact of life. Like, it's not that it's it's definitely, definitely, definitely not the same thing, the same allegation. But like, when Luis Suarez got banned, and then he came back and he scored, I was celebrating Luis Suarez scoring goals, and there was that whole thing hanging over what had gone on between him and Evra, and and that whole mess that had happened, but. Like I still, even now when he scores for Atletico Madrid, still celebrate his goals, and people will think, well, you're a bit of a hypocrite then. But you know, I talked about this on the Thursday night babble a couple of weeks ago. Football fans are so fickle. I think it's the only th- sport seems to be the only thing where you can be fickle and sort of like, yeah, that's okay. So it is weird. So it's not, a, it's not a case of saying to the United fans, you have to, you have to look at this and say like seriously you have to comment on this how can you ignore it because it's probably hard to like to look it up whatever but to not acknowledge it to to just completely be like well what like whatever i i think's wrong now now people will know enough about it at the start maybe people didn't they didn't pay attention to it but now people will and i just thought some of the media organizations could have done better too at least it, it has to be acknowledged as, can I say just one more thing? Because I know yeah. we have to move yeah. on because we've obviously got Arsenal to talk about and that's super important. But how it was tone deaf for Manchester United to have Ryan Giggs in the VIP box. That, 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 I, yeah. I didn't know whether to go with that tonight or not, but that was... No, that was but it was. I, mean, I, I can't sit here as a Manchester United fan and say that I was happy with that. It's it's considering the, the, the accusations that he is being investigated for, it was tone deaf for him to be not just in the... like. It's not as if they invited him and kind of tucked him away. He was front and centre in the VIP section of a game that they knew the world's cameras were going to be on. So yeah. it was just a very poor decision. Um, to move on to the football, as you said, Stephen. Pardon me. The Arsenal. Arsenal Football Club, blood. They oh, won, Jonathan. Jonathan. They won and they, they did won. a goal. Here is your moment take over you have 35 seconds uh, they won I'm happy um, we're out of the relegation zone it's it's all no that's a lie 
it's not all positive and I explained <laughs> today in the group chat why it's not all positive for us at the moment but I mean they, they started off like a house on fire and they seemed to get very tired very quickly <laughs> which was worrying um so I mean Norwich had their chances as well um so I don't know first game for Gabrielle and Ben White together so maybe maybe they're just getting that understanding um Tamiyatsu played quite well I thought um getting forward getting back it's nice to see a right back do that for Arsenal again um after the four that we had before who couldn't do really anything um Maitland Niles was a bit of a bit of a surprise he started in midfield uh, I kind of thought during the week he might have a chance with Partey maybe not being fully fit but he he done all right uh, and Aubameyang got the goal, which I thought VAR was going to rule for offside. Thankfully, they didn't. Arsenal got three points for the relegation zone. Um, speaking of football fans, there's a lot of ours that are complete fucking dickheads. And <laughs> you know the reason why. Because apparently, you're not a fan, you're not a supporter if you don't go to games. So, I mean, I'm not going to say who the person is because he's just a fucking wanker. And to be quite honest, he's done that sort of shit in the past. Holy ghost. Um, so he can fucking go shut up his own hole, fucking dickhead. There's plenty of people across the world who get up at fucking three and four in the morning to watch Arsenal, so he can take his opinion and shove it right up his hoop. <laughs> I'm not even going to try and edit this. Um, but... Donny, um, remember you were saying about whenever you know, our Arsenal don't win, Aubameyang kind of shies away from the press and stuff. I didn't actually see any interviews. Did he come out and actually be interviewed this time? Yeah. Yeah, he done the he done the um post match interview. He's happy enough to talk. <laughs> yeah, he was <clears throat> he was. Uh, I actually said that to Andrew last week in the pod that me and Phil done one. Yeah. Um, it's it's annoying. Like, I mean, he sends out the youngsters whenever we get beat, and when we win, he's all smiles in front of the camera. Like, that's that's really annoys me about him. It's just it's the same all them odd agents. We're not going to mention them. We've talked about them enough. Like best buddies with him, and he's oh, I scored the goal today, and blah blah blah. Well, it's it's frustrating. It's just it's just frustrating that he doesn't just stand up and be interviewed by the press whenever we get beat. Whenever we get beat well, um, I just expect more from the club captain. But you know we've covered that before. It's just it's just annoying. Um, it's just good Arsenal got to win. Um, hopefully now we can get a run of games together and a couple of more points points on the board. I know we have Tottenham coming up in a couple of weeks, so that'll be a big game um, for them because you know, they're, they're a big club and they're not top of the league anymore. So their title challenge was over by not even mid-September. Well done, lads. Well done. Uh, Paddy Vieira never lost at home to you boys. He still hasn't. Big Paddy V sticking it to the Spurs. Yes! I know all our Spurs, Spurs listeners have gone long ago, so they'll never hear it anyway, so it's fine. Um, to finish up, uh, and uh, we're probably a close to an hour already, so this might have to be short. And then myself and the very bold mud there might have to continue this on Thursday night. <sighs> big wing, Johnny, and he is a big wing, and his he mates has one. I mean, have, <laughs> uh, I'll take a turn. Has come up with a two-year World Cup, and it's it's absolutely. Ludicrous. Yeah. Well, like you know I love him, like he's he's a legend, but <laughs> even though he works for FIFA, I pay no attention to either 
FIFA or UEFA or whatever they're doing. I really don't <laughs> give them any sort of attention. The, you just don't pay attention to the law in general. No, I don't like like fuck. I, I know you mentioned it in the group chat. That's the only reason why I am aware of it because you said about the two year World Cup. Otherwise, I have just like you know donkey with flies around it in my head. Like that's that's what it is. You know, <laughs> I I don't give a fuck what FIFA want to do because they're going to do whatever they want. They've shown that in the past. Uh, two year World Cup is wild. It's stupid. Um, you know how how are they going to fit the Euros in? You know, it's just it's just stupid. Like, I mean, it's the World Cup's exciting because it's every four years and it's not every year, every other year. Um, I, I don't know his reasoning behind it. Maybe you know, maybe you've read whatever he's put out about it. Um, I have no idea. He's been paid um, with FIFA, that's his reasoning. Yeah, yes, probably. <laughs> but still, it's you know, you, you normally find with Vagary has a I don't know. An, an explanation for stuff, whether it's good or bad, he has an explanation for his actions. Um, personally, I just think he's he's just bored now, just trying to do something to get, just for something to do. You know, I, I don't know. It, it's it's not a good idea. It's just awful. Like players need summers off as well. So if they do a World Cup every two years and then what a Euros in between that, God Almighty, it'd be awful. It'd be awful. Like, what what do you make of a party? I, yeah, I don't, I don't I personally don't like the idea. I like the way our international tournaments are kind of scheduled at the moment. Um, and having a World, World Cup feels pretty special because it is only every four years. It, it, would, it would just ruin it. It would be like having Christmas dinner on the 25th of every quarter. It just wouldn't be as good. No. It'd be less. No, don't go Christmas dinner on the 25th of uh, June. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Stick the turkey on the barbecue. <laughs> What like what about you, Steve? Are you in the same boat? Do you think it's no, I'm a daft pro idea? It. I'm pro it for one very specific reason, which is UEFA spending their time, despite all the corruption in the game, despite all the money flowing into the game illegally, despite all the racism in the game, banning Ajax from wearing their third kit because it has illegal imagery of it of Bob Marley's Three Little Birds. Um, and it so they, yeah, they've banned. Do you know the Bob Marley yeah. inspired Ajax? Yeah, yeah. They've now banned them from wearing it because it has the, the picture of the three little birds on it. Um winding me up. No, I no. swear to God, it, it's because it contains um, a logo. So it contains an expression that is different than the logo, the club logo, the logo of the clothing sponsor or sleeve sponsor. No other expressions are allowed. So if that's what UEFA are spending their time on when football is fundamentally broken, I'm all for FIFA coming in and sleeping their time there and having a World Cup every two uh, years. So for that, for out of pure spite, I'm in favour of it. I mean, it's not like Ireland are going to qualify anyway, even if it was every two years and like 100 teams. So I think um, it's not something that would worry me. But um, yeah, no, absolutely annoyed with UEFA today. So I'm, I'm, I'm backing Wenger on this one. Well, I didn't. I didn't see that coming. Um, I'm. I. I. I don't want it to happen. Even though UEFA are idiots. Um, f- not only for that, just in general, to focus on something like that rather than what what is going on currently, or you know, to let Hungary have sixty odd. Well, whoever let Hungary have sixty odd thousand fans in, and, and nobody seemed to care to. The football organisations are absolutely up their own holes. But, um, this notion that we'll do a two year World Cup. To your men's World Cup, and um, that that will help fix fixture congestion, 
uh, is completely beside, like missing the point of what's going to happen. Football isn't just men's professional leagues. It's that isn't just that isn't just football. The, the football isn't the top five leagues and then the top twenty whatever countries making sure they're looked after. It's it's grassroots too, and and it's women's football, which is one of the fastest growing sports in the world. And this is going to completely stand all over that. Again, they didn't think that through. It's also going to affect the Olympics. Again, none of this was thought through. Um, like there's going to be sports that are going to miss out or get um caught out because there's going to be a World Cup happening. That their eyes are going to be drawn to it instead. So it's it's a whole farce. It's what needs to happen is things like running the Cup of America this summer. You dumbasses, um, when you should have just run all your qualifying campaign for the World Cup for common ball. That should have happened. I know Messi would then miss out in a trophy for Argentina, but I mean, unlucky. Um, doing silly cup competition, extra cup competitions. The League Cup, for instance, needs to change in England if you want to try and get players rested. Teams that are playing in Europe shouldn't play in the League Cup. I know it's going to devalue it, but that's just that's just the thing I would do now to happen it. And then you would still have the value of the FA Cup because then you would maybe lift that prestige a bit for some of the teams because it'd be like, well, here is our cup that we're going for. Things like that, changing the calendar that way rather than bringing an extra tournament in every two years. You're going to still have the organisational tournaments too, as in the governing bodies. Um, for the continents, it's just a farce. Do you know what's what a farce? What if they use the Euros? What if they have the Euros every two years, but as a qualifying tournament every summer? Sure, they have the fucking stupid Nations League, which is the biggest pile of shit. That was the one I couldn't think of yet. Yeah. What a load. I think Branton actually likes it. It's a load of fucking shit. I like it because I feel like it can be gamed. And I feel like smaller nations can game it to qualify for the Euros. And I don't think enough have realised that at this stage. Like, take a couple of bad Nations League campaigns and all of a sudden you're in a group with, like, countries that don't really exist and you've got a chance qualifying for, for the Euros. So I, I, I'd be all for it. Like, I mean, it, it was how North Macedonia qualified for the Euros and we all know how that went. Not as well as <laughs> some of us hope. But um, The Nations League, in, in theory, is great. As you said, it does help the smaller nations. That's brilliant. But then... It's the whole organisation lane of having to go through the other qualifying campaign. There needs to be something brought in so you're not having... Ad- we have another two, I think, international breaks. We do. Coming Come up. Now, this year? Don't get me- yeah, before Christmas. Um, don't get me wrong. There, there'll be some great games. Paddy will be in Belfast to watch Northern Ireland play Italy. I'll hopefully be with him, which, but I'll be supporting Italy, but don't tell him. Which will be class. Um you know, for, for that, which which is grand, but then it's the whole thing in the background. We're going to have players that are going to just completely, completely burnt out. Plus, as I said, if you start doing this here, I'm focusing more, bring more things into the men's game. You're going to really affect the women's game and other sides of football that are coming through disability football. All these things are going to take a back seat because you're just focusing on, oh, look at us. We've got a World Cup every two years. And I think what Paddy said, there is a mystique and prestige to it, having it every four years. You're waiting for it then, and it's, I think it's just the right time for then you to have it. Then you've just missed it enough, and then bang, it's back again. So if the Olympics were every four, or every two years, or every one year, they just wouldn't mean as much. Like the word, like it just no, would wouldn't not mean, mean as much. Like you know, for there's something really, really, I mean, it's stupid because it's completely arbitrary. But it's that's the it's, one thing. Yeah, we can rely on at the minute that doesn't need fixed in football. Yeah, the this, the the Euros is every. I don't know what the, the the Cup of America seems to be on every two weeks, but the Euros is every um, four years. The World Cup is every four years. 
the African Cup of Nations takes every two years. But it, it seems to be those, like the Euros and the World Cup, are the only things that don't need fixed yet. They're grand as a schedule. They're grand the way they are. And for FIFA and UEFA, because they're looking at all the things with the Nations, to focus on that, that to be their main bugbear, <laughs> rather than... You know, the, the massive discrimination that's going on in football, the, the massive issue with racism, what we've got certainly coming through. It seems to be a mad spike in it now at, at grounds. And then the corruption that's going on. For them to focus so much on that, you're just like, no, lads, like, no, no. And, and oh, Johnny, just give Wenger a job at Arsenal. Let him, I don't know, like, do the bosses or something. Just get him away from FIFA because he's just causing the scene and he's really annoying me and I know he's your guy, but... Do something. I, I don't think I'd want him at Arsenal. He looks too fit and healthy now he'd be away from us. <laughs> I wouldn't want him coming back to the stress. Absolutely. Yeah, like, and I'm, you know what I'm disappointed for you, Paddy, is like, you got to go watch Northern Ireland play Switzerland the other week and you didn't get the opportunity to fucking give Granit Xhaka any abuse. Because <laughs> <laughs> the deck had been back And he didn't get to see the power cube either. He wasn't there. Ugh. Which, I know. Horrendous. Um, I think unless any of anything else to add, because this is a bumper show. Uh, for I would just night. like to point out that um, Arsenal are undefeated since Arsblog appeared on the podcast, so that might be something to consider going forward. I'm actually going to message him that after this. Um, 100% <laughs> yes. record, no goals conceded. I mean, it's science. Yeah. Message on Bamiang's court. I'm gonna mess him. I think that is everything for this evening's podcast. Paddy, have you anything to add? Anything you wanted to bring in? Uh, no, just love you. Oh, oh that was very nice. nice. Oh, that was lovely. That was nice. Jonathan, have you anything? Um, John Terry does have a big, stupid, fat face. There you go. Um, and we'll touch on that on Thursday night, possibly, sir. Um, so folks, as always, thanks for listening to um. The Monday night show. Well, it's not the Monday night show. That's on on uh, Friday, but the Monday night babble boom uh, that we have got going on. It's four of us here tonight. Obviously, Brent has his voice note. Get your podcast, our podcast, on all your podcast apps. Just look for the football babble, and you'll find us. You'll find us on Instagram and Twitter at the same thing, football babble. And thanks everyone that gets involved too on our social media channels. We really appreciate it. Jonathan, do the Patreon link, please. Patreon.com forward slash football babble hashtag the sports babble. There's no hashtag. Uh, thanks very much, guys, and thanks to everyone that contributes to our Patreon as well. If you can, chalk us a pound. Uh, I think it's pound plus like VAT, which is about one pound twenty something. I don't know what it is. Uh, that's, all, that's all it is a month. That's nothing to help us lads out and help us produce podcasts. Uh, myself and Johnny will speak to you on Thursday night. Enjoy the rest of football. The Champions League, the Europa League, and the Air for Comfort League are all back this week. So there's a bumper action of football coming on, and we'll see you again later. And good luck. <laughs>